Hello everybody, Dr. F. Scott Field here, and I'd like to introduce you to our newest sponsor. The NPTE Final Frontier is the review course that I wish was around when I took the board exam. For those of you who know my story, it took me a handful of times to pass that exam, and quite frankly, I really wish I had an, an, an exam review course around, uh, just like the NPTE Final Frontier. Uh, check out their website, NPTEFF.com. And use the code HET at checkout for 10% off to all of our listeners and fans. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Teach Me Something Tuesday. Uh, I'm your host, Dr. F. Scott Field, and this is the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast. Today's Teach Me Something Tuesday is maybe a little bit risque. It's uh, something that uh, I may take a little bit of flack for, but uh, truth be told, it's how I feel. It's how I've always felt. Uh, even when I was back in undergrad, uh, and that is grades don't really matter. Now, let's take this phrase, this sentence, this sentiment, and pick it apart a little bit and really get down to the nuts and bolts of what I'm talking about here. And grades really first started back in the late 1700s. I think it was like 1780 or something like that, uh, where Yale had kind of created uh, a scale uh, I think they they had four descriptive uh, adjectives, which were uh, like optimi, second optimi, inferiors, and pejoris, or whatever it was, right? Over the next uh, century or so, Yale then refined its grading system to a point system where it went from zero to four, where two was a passing mark. Anything above that was was be considered better. Um, but the grades in general were kept secret from the students so that there wasn't any uh, competition or, or anything like that. Well, fast forward to about the 1800s or so, Harvard steps in and, and starts grading on a 20-point scale. And eventually, they uh, some of the math and philosophy folks at Harvard applied the range of 100 points. And, and by the end of the Civil War, really, there was, uh, you know, grades were a normal part of education. But it was a more holistic approach, right? We looked at behavior. We looked at, um, you know, their performance and their abilities. It was more, more of like how we would take a wellness approach to an individual in healthcare. It wasn't until the 1940s that A through F scale became the standard. And that was really rooted in that hundred point scale, right? Uh, to where, you know, uh, 90 to hundred was an A. Uh, 80 to 89 was a B and so on and so on, right? So it's relatively new that this A through F system, you know, even existed. And with that being said, we don't have E, right? Because uh, professors felt that they didn't want parents of the students to get E confused with excellent and think, oh, they did really well when in reality they didn't do very well at all. Uh, and so F was implemented for failure. If we really take a look at this and we figure out why grades have become such a, a big topic and a hot topic, you know, I, I, I think it sets an unfair standard to what we're really trying to accomplish. I think that grades don't always correlate, especially in the medical field, with how good of a clinician you're going to be. And I think, you know, I, part of the reason I feel this way is that I was that student. I was a straight B student with a couple of C's sprinkled in there. I was always a, a very good student. I worked very hard to, to learn. However, it's what I thought was learning. And a lot of it was rote memorization. And so that got me through high school. 
a straight A student, 4.0. I had a bunch of uh, credits for, for AP classes, which was nice when I got to college. I think I graduated in, I think I was number 10 in my class out of 200. So that was, that was pretty decent. But once I got to college, I realized that, uh, you know, this rote memorization stuff really just is not working for me. And that's, like I said, when I started my string of B's and C's in there, that was just one of those learning curves for me, or uh, pun intended, uh, not learning curves, because it took me until I got into an EDD program to figure out that rote memorization was not the answer. And I, I really became okay with getting, you know, B's and, and the occasional C if I worked really hard and just couldn't get it because it helped me realize that I need to figure out better ways to learn this stuff in a systematic approach that, that takes a bigger viewpoint of what I'm trying to learn and really trying to master the content and, and understand it better. If you understand the content and you get a B in the class, great. I'm thrilled for you. If, if. You know, you understand the content really, really well, but you just couldn't apply it, especially from a technical standpoint, and you end up with a C, that happens, you know, occasionally. Don't let it happen too often, right? Or else your GPA slips, and then there are repercussions for that. However, to me, an A and a B are, are both really good grades. I want to know at the end of my class, at the end of, you know, a section or a term or a lab or whatever it may be, did you walk away learning something? Is there something that you can hold on to and say, hey, I understand this. I could now turn around and go and teach this to somebody else because I grasp it that well. And if not, then that's the stuff you need to lean into and, and, and really refresh yourself with because that's what's going to be important moving forward, right? Your, your weaknesses or the areas that you lack, that's where you can really make, you know, a lot of benefit and a lot of headway is if you go back and review that stuff and try to learn that stuff better. So, you know, recognize that grades are one thing. They exist. You can't have them drop too low for sure. But I also don't think it's it's worthy of, of being obsessed with grades. You know, if you have to get that A and then have to get that 4.0, like more power to you. Uh, I'm not that guy. I've never been that guy. I would much rather you just learn the content and be able to apply it to different real world scenarios and real world settings. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, recognize, you know, to some people, grades mean everything. To others, they may not mean as much. I'm of the camp that, again, I just don't find them to be too important because they don't directly correlate to how you're going to perform as a clinician uh, in the real world. And, and again, I am living proof of that straight B uh, student with a couple C's sprinkled in. And I had a very successful clinical career for, you know, over 16 years now and, and running. So don't, don't sweat the, the grades too much. And for professors, I would say, you know, maybe don't lean into them too much. Don't put too much emphasis on them. Uh, recognize that they exist and that they are important. They give us some sort of, of standard to go by and to, you know, see if what we are truly teaching is being properly assessed, but then it's on us to, to show that what we're teaching is being properly assessed through our course objectives, our learning objectives and our assessments. Uh, because if we write crummy tests and crummy questions, it doesn't really show what it is we're trying to teach. Right. And so then it becomes a matter of looking inward and trying to figure out how do I show that what I'm teaching is being accurately assessed. So 
that's the conundrum with the grades. I still don't find uh, too many ways to work around them because they are what they are. They've become, you know, uh, part of, of academia and the institution, but recognize that uh, learning the content and really trying to master it should be the, the main objective. Hope that was helpful. And I hope that uh, sets some of your mind at ease as you move forward. I will say that the takeaway for me is I have never had an employer ask me what my GPA was. Something to take away for the real world. I uh, hope that was helpful and we'll see you on the next one.